Hey, listeners, ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I'm going, I'm not, I'm not Rob Lowe. He said, yes, you are. What are you talking about? Rob, it's me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally. It's me. Um, Today's a good one. Today, all you teeny boppers. You 80s lovers, it's going to be very exciting. Um, Representing 16 Magazine, Tiger Beat Magazine, obviously me, thank you, you're welcome, and Rick Springfield. I mean, come on. With that lab coat, who is he kidding? And then all the great acting after, I mean, it's going to be a good one. And, And he and I have never really met or talked in spite of the fact that We look like we might be long lost brothers. Very excited for this. Hang on. Here comes Jesse's guy. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you doing? Were you just singing Angie before you came on? (laughs) Yeah, I was. It's so funny because it's so weird. I've I've been going through this Mick Jagger you know, Renaissance, like, like, like actively doing it. And then I woke up today to a text from a music manager. I know saying, Hey, it's Mick's birthday is in two days. Will you do a quick video to say happy birthday? I literally, literally just did a birthday video for Mick Jagger. And then you come on and you're singing Angie. What is going on? He's everywhere. How old is he? 80. Oh, that's freaking crazy. Crazy, right? But how great is it as an inspiration? Yeah. No, he's, uh, no one thought it would be going on that long. He's no. really, he's really the kind of the, the pinnacle of all that. Roger Dolce's close, but Roger's having, uh, you know, throat issues, but Mick's still, he's still Mick. I mean, greatest front man ever, right? Okay, give me your top. Give me your top three. I have a very surprising 
number two frontman, and I think you're going to like it. Give me, um, give me your top three. Well, Hendrix would be number one, and I consider oh. him a frontman because he was, yeah, okay, he was the band. Um, yeah, I think Mick, uh, certainly, especially in in the early days when it was, it was all new, you know, to yeah. him too. <laughs> yeah. Um. And Bon Scott, ACDC. Okay, well, fellow countryman, yes. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. My uh, my number two, a dark horse, fellow countryman of yours, Michael Hutchins. Yeah, I yeah, think he's he, a great he, frontman. I've he's, seen uh, I've seen a lot. I'm a big fan of of music, and and he was fucking sick. Yeah. I, I think frontman the Greek. I think frontman's a lost art in a in a weird way. I think everybody's um, too everybody's too cool to try. Well, there's there's music so split up now. There was the big Vegas shows like all the girls are doing, and yeah, and then there's the rock shows that that were still trundling out. You know, um, yeah, right? But it's uh, it's a different different thing now. I mean, I'm sure there's a uh, 50 million people who would say Taylor Swift is the best front man. <laughs> right, know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, you're on the, you're on tour, right? Are you in the middle of your tour right now? End of it, middle of it? It's middle of the summer, so you've got to be right in the thick of it. No, we actually, we start August 4th. August 4th. Oh, okay, August, August 4th. 4th. I want my 80s tour with, who all's on the, who all is on the bill? Um, Hooters? And yeah. uh, they they actually haven't toured America for a long time, so we're actually really excited to do do that. Uh, Paul Young, um, yeah. Every time you mm. go away, the English singer, yeah. Um, and the Tubes are on some. John Waite is on some, and uh, oh. Tommy Two Tone is on them as well. So it's a Fee- you know we're mixing and matching here. Fee Waybill, what a great name, Fee <laughs> Waybill of the Tubes. Is that a, is that his is real that a, name? I would. We ha- you're going to have to ask him. You know, he was a friend of his. Was, uh, well, he wrote Richard Marks, a friend of mine. He wrote a lot yeah. of, of Richard Marks songs, the initial Richard Marks stuff with him. Yeah. So I have to course. ask Richard if Fee's his real name. Fee Waybill. It's too good. It's a, that's such a great rock and roll name. I know. Um, and and She's a Beauty is about a guy, he, a guy hooking up with a girl to find out that the girl is a dude, right? I am not familiar with the backstory on that one. Yeah, um, she's a, she's a beauty is my favorite tube song. Yeah, it's a great song. It's a, the David Foster one, right? Didn't he do yes, that? that's right. Look at you, D Foz. That's how I know all these guys from D Foz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and of course, John Waite. You have to tell him to if he doesn't play the fucking theme from about last night on this tour, I will be livid with him. What's I mean, that? It's called if if anybody had a heart. Really good song. I haven't heard him do that. I haven't heard him do that. He's got, he's got all his great stuff. He's 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 a top five voice. One of the top five voices oh, for me, for sure. Uh, right? Yeah, he's amazing. I mean, Paul Rogers, Steve Marriott. I think Paul McCartney's up there just because he's got so many fucking voices. And um, Bon Scott and uh, John would would certainly be you know top ten easy. He's amazing. Wait. When you were a kid growing up in Australia, what bands did you see that influenced you? I saw the Beatles in 64. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Okay, what was that? 
What was it like? I have a friend it, who saw them in, at the Hollywood Bowl and said that they gl- they were glowing. Yeah, it was like the aliens had landed. First of all, it's Australia. So back then, Australia was we were still had the pompadours and the leather suits, and we're still rocking the fifties. And yeah. only opening bands were that. Um, and and then they came on with their shaggy hair and the Cuban heel boots and those instruments that we'd never seen before. And it was absolutely like the aliens had landed. I, I was 14 and my mouth opened up and I screamed like a little girl through the whole show. It was freaking awesome. Wow. Unbelievable. What was it? I mean, you kind of said it, it's the look, it's the instruments, it's the vibe, but like, it was a lot of things. I think it was a lot of things. I think first of all, you, you couldn't have, I mean, the fact that they, they were, I've heard them referred to as angels, four angels, mm. yeah. that you couldn't have, if you'd scoured the country, you couldn't have found four more perfect people in a band. John and Paul, incredible writers, drove each other to great heights. Everyone was, was this incredible, they added something amazing to it. And uh, the fact that they're all born in the same town at the same time, and in the same area, and that they came together, it's absolutely uh, predestined. And all the things that happened, mom, you know, the, the the crazy stuff that, but for this, like the Titanic, they yeah, yeah. could have missed, you know? Yep, yep. Plus Kennedy's death, you know, there's it's the theory, Kennedy's death, suddenly America looked elsewhere for their, their, um, their sucker. And uh, here were these four angels landed and said, will make you happy, you know, and uh, uh, just a combination of so much. It wasn't just, oh, they got a, they're cute and they got some good songs. It was just this power. I mean, what their first appearance on TV changed every musician's life. Every single one. It's, it's, yep. it's almost a cliche to even talk about because I don't care who you are. Everybody's life who saw that was changed. Yep. And how, you know, how did, a band who'd never played the country before and had what one hit record, two hit records do that to the audience, have that many people tune in. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's a, there'll never be another one. And we all wanted to be, you know, the next Beatles, but, uh, the Beatles took care of that. (laughs) It is amazing how everybody wanted to be the next Beatles. And instead of being the next Beatles, they were their own great thing. I mean, well, that, well, the Beatles wanted to be Elvis, you know, the Beatles wanted to be the, uh, the Everly brothers. Yes, um, right. They became their own thing. It's so it's, I always talk, talk about how, if you're lucky enough to be in something, a part of something that enters the zeitgeist, even in a, in a not, doesn't obviously have to be at the Beatles level. Like the irony is you don't get to participate in it. So I always think about like, those four guys never got to enjoy the Beatles because they no. were the Beatles. Do you know what I mean? I, they never, yeah. it's crazy. I, and even now, I think, I, I think Paul enjoys it in retrospect. You know, uh, I think Ringo has mixed feelings, but he's still, I, I know people who play with them and, you know, and they say they'll, they, they lo- actually love to talk about it, you know, privately. It's, but, you know, you come up and go, oh, Ringo, what was it like to be in the Beatles? You know, it's, uh, yeah. But privately, they're still, you know, it's, they understand that it was a magic moment. I once asked Francis Ford Coppola what it was like to make the Godfathers. And he said, you know, to me, the Godfather is like that lamp. It exists 
People have their feelings about it. But making the Godfather was the Godfather. Yeah. And I always thought that was... <laughs> yeah. So you, I mean, I, I, did he say that making it was an amazing thing? Y- yeah, yeah. He said making yeah. it is when he thinks... Because it is that thing is you make something and it becomes... It's on its it, own. It has its own it, life. Yeah. 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 I mean, the perfect segue into Jesse's Girl. Like, talk about a song that fucking song has its own. I mean, how many lives does that song have? Do you think? Uh, yeah, going through. Uh, I mean, it's got, uh, it, it had its first hit. You know, that's the kind of song that what happened to that song, you can't predict. You can't, even if it's a hit, you can't say, yeah, that's going to be that. You know, it's, let me ask you this, though. When you, when you, I always have these, like, I always feel like, man, I'd love to be in the room when they played that back for the first time and they all look around and go, yeah, I think that'll work. Like, did you have that moment with that song? Yeah, this I, works. I didn't actually think it was the best song in the album. I was actually, Keith, I took all my demos to Keith Olsen. He said he, Keith Olsen was a, a big 80s producer. He's gone, he passed away, but he was a, a good friend. He became a good friend. And um, he did, you know, Fleetwood Mac. He did The Foreigner. He did Pat Benatar. He did all the, a lot mm-hmm. of the real big 80s hits. And he, I was at Sound City at the time managed by uh, the guy that owns Sound City. I don't know if you saw that Dave Grohl documentary, but he did a yeah. great documentary on that, Sound That's City. a sick documentary. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was in that because I was uh, one of the Sound City rats, you know, hanging around and, and happened to record there and have a successful record. Um, and Keith Olsen had agreed to do two songs with me and on my what was considered my first album. It wasn't with my fourth, but... and. Uh, he, I, he said, bring your demos over. So I brought my little four-track demos over to his house and played them. And he picked Jesse's Girl. And I was going, fuck, why'd he pick that? That's not the best song in the album. Um, but he picked it, and then he, and then he wouldn't pick another one. And I was even more upset because he brought in the Sammy Hagar song, I've Done Everything For You. I said, what's wrong with one of mine, dude? Uh, but wow. it worked out, you know. But um, So, I, yeah, I wasn't sure that that was the right song. In fact, neither was a record company. They actually released I've Done Everything everything for you first and uh and nothing happened with it and then the radio stations picked up jesse's girl and started playing it which couldn't happen now because radio stations don't do that anymore you don't have djs finding great songs and going i'm gonna play this because i like the song it's isn't that, too, isn't uh, that amazing too that that in and of itself is amazing it makes you think of all of the things that were were lost God, yeah that was yeah an amazing time music music business is very different now well, so every business is, the acting business is different, everything's different, you know, to get a part, they, uh, they check, uh, your, your, uh, you know, your following on, on the internet, your Instagram following. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, mm. that's why I have a, I mean, you almost have to have some presence on social media and I, yeah. and I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. I really super, super enjoy it. And then I, then you kind of have to monitor it and you go down rabbit holes. It's a, it's such a weird thing, but it is a part. It's a, it's very important. Very it's important. Beca- yeah. It's because, you know, like the music business is what it is. The movie business is what it is. It's become what it's become. It, there's no point, you know, fighting it going on. And I wish it, you know, wish it was how it was. It's not, that's, it's how it is. And that, and it'll change again. So it's uh, really wor- true. Working with it is the smartest thing rather than trying to fight it. Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? 
If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD, schedule your free consultation, and tell them you heard about it here on Literally with Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style you'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly onto you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360-day returns. Quince dot com slash Rob. Which do you prefer, making music or acting? Well, I, I've been writing songs since I was 14, and they were pretty horrible songs, too. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that it, I, I, music is with me 24-7, but I love acting, too. You know, it's uh, especially uh, the writing seems to have gone to TV now, and there's some amazing writing there. And um, 
and you know, as you know, it starts with the writing, obviously. Yeah. Um, and when I'm in the acting thing, it's all there is, you know, and, and I love it. And when I'm in the music thing, it's all there is. So it's, it's really, it's the same driver. It's just a different skill set was all really the, the thing. It's the same driver, you know, the same creative driver that, that you want to makes you want to do it and makes you either good or mediocre at it. You know? Did you, I've always thought about the skill it must require to do a soap because of the sheer volume. It's, it's the hardest thing in the world. It has to be, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't you, even well, think it's acting, really. It's For me, no, it, was all, it was all about line whole, memorization. Well, I mean, and I wonder today, those in the, did they have, did you guys have teleprompters or cue cards? You did. Yeah, we worked those suckers too. We had, the, they don't now actually, which uh, would totally screw me up, but there was so much, they're talking heads. There's no action and it's, it's repetitive and, and it really is the hardest acting gig because you're yeah. never satisfied with what you do because it's generally first take. And if nothing falls, no lights fall or anything, they'll go with it. And literally was, it is the it is literally the first you're not even kidding it's like if they get anything resembling the, the scene they're they're moving, moving on. on yeah moving on. moving on and 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 the staging always makes me laugh too which is it's like there's a person a huge space and two other people and the scene's going i go why is there a big space there and sure enough inevitably somebody else is going to come in and stand in the hole right it's yeah. the greatest excellent blocking yeah um how many okay walk me through a day on a, on a soap in in the late 70s like well i was i i joined it in 80 uh just okay. as uh, 81 was that 80 1980 i think i joined it in 1980 just as general hospital was about to take off and, and i was fortunate to walk on at that moment that it became like the biggest show on tv for the summer it had nothing to do with me it was just you know a combination of all the great characters and gloria monty who was uh the producer who picked me and picked uh, Laura and Luke and all. Laura and Luke, man. Yeah, I saw him actually. I was, he lives in Amsterdam now. I saw we played at, did something in Amsterdam. Tony Geary. Yeah, five years about ten years ago, and we met up with him, and we all went to a, a stoner bar and got totally stoned out of our brain. And he's walking around, leading us all around Amsterdam, showing us Amsterdam. It was insane. Unbelievable. I mean, and he's such an unlikely leading man. Even then, he was a very unlikely leading totally. man. Totally, yeah. But he was, he was, riv I watched. I mean, and I am not, I'm, I'm what, 16, 15, something at the time, not the audience. And I was, I was watching. Mm -hmm. And it was, and it was him. It, yeah. By the way, for me, it was, it, I mean, Laura, great, whatever. It was, he, he was, Dude, he had, he, I don't know what, he just had something. Yeah, no, he did. He is a, I think he's a really, really good actor. And, and, and it's hard to be a good actor on the soaps because, you know, it's all, like I said, it's all line memorization. It's first take. It's, um, it, it, I mean, I, like when I was on it, I was also doing gigs on the weekend. When planes were flying 24 seven before you know, the airlines took a nose to my so I'd go out, I'd finish the show Friday night, jump on a plane, fly somewhere, play a show, get up early morning, fly to another place, play a show, get up early Sunday, fly to a show, get up early Monday morning, like about three in the morning, fly back to LA in time to walk onto the set at eight o'clock in the morning. 
Oh. And so he didn't have a lot of time to learn the lines. I'd, I'd be rehearsing them on the plane with my tour manager playing the girl, like speaking like this, you know, it oh. was, it was crazy. What a time. Yeah, it was pretty wild. It was, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time honored tradition started probably by, by maybe what Ricky Nelson back in, right. And the yeah. fuse be the first one to be on yeah. a TV show and, and flying and, back. And, and then, and then David, of course. I, I think I, th my, my research tells me that you and I shared the cover of 16 magazine. I bet we did <laughs> uh, many, many times, uh, teen beat. Here it is. Here it is. The, the December 83 teen beat cover. Wow. And we're, we're still around baby. How about we're, it? Huh? And we're still cute. And we're still kind of cute. I think. You know, it's really funny. I was recording an album uh, called Rock of Life in Nassau in the Bahamas, right? And then the morning we, we'd go down to the beach and I'm down there and this guy comes up to me and goes, Rob. And I go, no, I'm, uh, my name's Rick. He goes, yeah, no, it's me. Whatever his name was, Rob, Rob Lowe. It's me. I'm going, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Rob Lowe. He said, yes, you are. What are you talking about? Rob, it's me. The guy wouldn't, wouldn't take no. It was so weird. That's amazing. I think, you know, I think is interconnected with us too is um, John Taylor from Duran Duran. I yes. think he's in our, Similar he's, in our <laughs> he's in our club, right? Yeah. We, we need to have our own club and have a name for it. It's me, you, John Taylor, maybe Johnny Stamos. Maybe we'll let him in. Yeah. He, he, he'd have to work his way in. That's what I feel. <laughs> I have I've, to prove I've, himself. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. Although he's a hell of a drummer. I mean, yeah, yes, he is. You're right. You're right. Do you play an instrument? I play shitty five open chord, you know, rock and roll. Rhythm guitar. There That's you go. right. Rhythm guitar. But, but you the... know what? I, but you know what? I compose like no other. That's all that matters. Oh, dude. I, so I was, I, I remember, um, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. And I remember when Patty Scalfa joined the band and even before they were together and, She's an amazing background singer. And we were talking during one of the early tours. She goes, Bruce wants me to play on the next tour. And I don't play guitar at all. I'm learning. I go, tell, and I was learning at the time. So I was like, tell me what he's telling you. What is he telling you to do? He says, he's telling me one thing. Play in front of a mirror because the pose is Get half the battle. The look. And I did a movie. I was lucky enough to do a movie with Meryl Streep called Ricky and the Flash. Yeah, well, yeah. Where I, I played what, her, her boyfriend and a band member, right? And she had never, you know, played and done the rock and roll thing. Yeah. And she learned guitar, unbelievably, which is so her. But we're doing the, uh, we're shooting uh, some of the, the scenes in the club. And she's asking me questions. And it was very astute that you would say all that because she said, how do I stand? How, and, and how far do I get from the microphone? And all this. She wanted to know. The, the right look, you know, it it's was, it, it's incredible. It look is anything in anything. In, and this is the lesson for ever, anything in life. Half of it is confidence. Yeah. If not more, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially in a, in a reading room <laughs> when you're, you know, reading for oh. part. I have to ask you about the most obscure thing ever. High tide. Oh my God. Now, wow. now listen to me. Hang, now hang on with me guys. This could be, I could be right or I could be wrong. Is it possible 
that the showrunner creator that I'm currently working with on 911 Lone Star did high tide Tim Minear. Oh my God. Tim is awesome. Yeah. So Tim it is. It, it is. Tim wrote, yeah, Tim wrote the first series, uh, the first season of High Tide. And, it, and we're going, this guy's great. He'd like remember, th- you know, he'd keep the storylines going. And it was incredible. And oh, you're very lucky to be working with him. I, I knew he was going to do great things because he was just, he was a cut above everybody else on the, do, you know, in the production team. And, uh, and, and then he did American Horror Stories, right? It was a, yeah. The, yeah. Which I and, loved. He had me on there for one, one episode and it was so much fun. He's he, incredible. He, loved him. He's uh he also did feud, uh, which is one of my favorite, uh, limited series as well. And we love, we, we love working. He's work on season. This will be season five of, of oh, wow. one Lone Star. He's so I mean, great, dude. I loved him. I'll give him a big hug from you for sure. Yeah. 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 That we he had, tells- we, we spent. We spent ten years one uh, one year in New Zealand. Uh, Tim Yannick Bisson, who is actually a, the guy that played my little brother, is uh, is on the longest running show in Canada, the Murdoch Mysteries. I don't know if you if you're familiar with that. Yes. He, yeah, he's the, he played my younger brother. He's been on that show for like twelve years or something. But he I actually I actually worked with him. Oh, you did? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he, he's a lovely guy. He's a Big hearted dude. Uh, and uh, yeah, Tim, him and I were the kind of the, we were the ones kind of going, you know, what the fuck is this production company up to? <laughs> he, Tim tells great stories about like how it just, it was like apocalypse now. Like, like who's in charge here? Ain't you? Like, <laughs> it was like. <laughs> oh, you mean high tide? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, like getting yeah, down no, there. Dude, it was insane. We were the first ones actually. One of the first shows to film in New Zealand was before Lord of the Rings and any of that stuff. And these guys, they, they, we came in and all these New Zealand production people thought they had to do everything we wanted. Um, I learned my lines uh, audio-wise, you know, I talk them into the, the tape recorder and I listen to them as I work out and stuff like that. And yeah. they couldn't find a tape recorder that recorded and played back with a speaker in it. I don't know. This was like <laughs> whatever in New Zealand. So they had to fly to some other country to get me this tape recorder. And it was just, they did all this, like just went over the top to make us, you know, they thought Hollywood was moving into to New Zealand. It was very, very fun. That's, that's insane. Oh, I know. I know what I need to ask you about. You am I imagining? Do I remember seeing you at Live Aid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on after Run DMC. Un- Actually, before the Hooters, I think the Hooters were on there okay. w- with me. Were you at Philly or in London? Philly, yeah, we're in Philly. Boy, that was a thing. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. That was a thing. What do you have any? What do you remember about Live Aid? Um, it was really exciting. There was electricity backstage. Sure. I um, oh. uh, I was a bit into my, Hey, don't talk to me mode. You know, I don't know if you went through that, mm. you know, you go through, Hey, you know, stay back. Yeah. You yeah. know, you go, you go through that till you realize, Hey, wait, that's, <laughs> I'm being a real friggin' jerk. Here. <laughs> uh, and, and Eric Clapton wanted to meet me cause we had the same, uh, agent. And I go, sorry, man, I'm about to go on. I can't meet Eric. <laughs> Amazing. Unbelievable. Amazing. I turned down the chance to meet Eric Clapton. I thought, what a 
fucking idiot. Amazing. I, I, when I met Eric, he was, by the way, the nicest man ever. Yeah, he said, he's he super said, sweet. He said the greatest thing to me that I'll never forget. He said, you should really come see me play live. I, th- I think it's what I do best. And I just like, oh, you do, do you? You yeah. think playing playing live is what, what you do? About no, no kidding. <laughs> I'll agree so, with that. Yeah, um, you're. You also are, are um, in the. We're in the TM club. You practice TM. I do. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I I um have uh, depression, you know, and uh, that's really been one of the things that's really helped me actually to. Uh, it's impossible for me to be depressed when I'm truly meditating and connected. And really it's been a great, uh, great savior for me. How do you, um, do you do it the way like religiously twice a day, the way people say it or as needed? Like, how do you practically work it? Um, I started twice a day, then I cut it back to once a day. Uh, And now it's it's once a day in the mornings. Um, but you know, I'll do it on the road anytime. Um, because there's a lot of spare time on the road. Um, but my wife and I practice it together, which is really, uh, oh, wow. That's very, great. Very, very connecting. And, and, um, you know, there's someone there to make sure you don't skip it, you know? No, that's really true. Cause I'm, I'm new ish to it. Um, TM for those of you who, who may not know is transcendental meditation. And I've been trying to meditate I've been trying to figure out meditation for literally 20, over 20 years. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have too, actually, since the, since uh, mid 80s, when yeah. I used to fall asleep, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes. Fall asleep, get bored. And, and I find this is the only one where I, I still fall asleep sometimes when I'm done. I still, I, they say, me, you, the, they say you must need to then. That's right. That's what that's, I love that there's no way to screw it up. You know, you just kind of, I, uh, here's my other philosophy. I, w- all my fr- people that I know in TM, I think they give us all the same month. Mon- we obviously you never share your month. <laughs> no, you I, can't tell I, a mantra. I, right? no, and, and I'm, and I never have. And I, and I, no one, no one I know has ever told me their mantra. That said, we suspect there's only one mantra and we all have it. We all, and have we all it. think, and we all think we're special. Yep. They, they picked this one specially for me. Yeah. By the way, I don't recall them asking any particular special questions about me. So how do they know? Right. Yep. Yep. You seem like you're a ooga booga ooga luga booga guy. Yeah. There's your mantra. Yeah. Ooga booga beluga. Beluga for, beluga for sure would be my mantra. I'd be very down with lots of. Uh, well, they, they don't they give it. I mean, it's supposed to be, you know, if you if I had beluga, I'd be constantly thinking of, you know, a white whale. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to mean nothing to you. Nothing Um, to you. Yeah. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike. And that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this, the people of Dallas, the culture of Austin. And I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies. You got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. 
And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget, weekly shower cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance TVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Well, it's funny because I, I also saw in my research that you, your is I don't know if it's a current song of yours, one of your songs that you just have recorded. Automatic came to you mm-hmm. in a dream. Is that true? In a dream? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, the new album's called Automatic, and that's uh, kind of the focus song. One of the focus songs. There's 20 songs on it, so we have a choice. <laughs> but it was just a, I couldn't stop writing. It was one. I'm here in my studio where I recorded it, but um, and um. Usually when you dream a song, and it usually happens when you're writing, in a writing binge, you know, and usually when I dream a song, I wake up and I go, oh, man, that was a great song. And then I go, yeah, it was a great song when the Stones wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you, you realize right. it's somebody else's song. But right. I woke up at three in the morning with this song in my head and said, oh, I wonder who, that, who, that, who wrote that. And, and it was nobody. So I wrote it, got up and wrote it down. And, you know, you got to finish it, obviously, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, when that happens. It's very rare, and it's uh, pretty exciting. I, I, and I. Th- the reason I brought it up is I think it has something to do with meditation because I recently this never happened to me. I dreamed an entire new. I'm starting a a, a production company. One of the things we like to do we're doing is is we're working on um, uh, creating game shows fun new game shows and i created a brand new game show from rules to the set to the name all like literally it was like it it came to me like it was a crystal clear document 
in my dream. And as a producer, you know, I, we go in and we pitch things to networks and, and to, into studios and whatever. I've never had anything bought in the room as I pitched it. I've had things bought, but never in the room. I, so I have the game show idea. I make an appointment to go and pitch it. I sold it the next day. Wow. So from dream to reality, one day. That's it's incredible. Called, it's called Word Bridge. So it's at some point it'll be coming out and I'll talk about yeah. it. But literally came completely out of a dream. Well, I'm I'm a big believer in the shoemaker's elves. Um, you know the story, right? Where the the guy, the uh, shoemaker is a poor shoemaker and he's not doing well and he goes to sleep and these elves make the shoes for him as he's sleeping. And and um I when you go to bed with a with a thought. Uh, I know. Remember when I was writing my autobiography? I go, how the hell am I ever going to remember what happened? You know, forty years ago. You go to bed, and 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 I knew I'd wake up, and it, it's it's all back there, and it's brought forward, and 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 that happens for me with songs. You know, when I'm having a problem with a song, I go to sleep, and I will wake up with an answer. I, when when you concentrate on something, really focus on something, then your mind, you know, your your subconscious does a lot of the work while you're sleeping, and I and I suspect that's kind of what happened uh with you you know it, it it's it feels like magic but it's really i think you're you're you know the gods also the gods have a hand in it i believe but it's also sure. your mind doing the work while you're sleeping like the shoemaker's elves that's what i call them that the other breakthrough i had was it, it's super hard for me to wake up really hard mm -hmm. and so the notion of people like you were like and then i woke up and i wrote it down and i went back to i'm like i'm not I can't tell you how many pr ideas I've had where I'm like, that's a great idea. Oh God, I got to wake up. And then, I, and, then, <laughs> and, and then I actually wake up and it's gone. So what I, dis what I discovered like, duh, is I can go, Hey Siri. Yeah. Write down blah, 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 blah. And I did it. And that's the only reason it's, it's around. But if I had to yeah. get a piece of paper and write it to forget, I'm not doing that. Well, you got to get a dog. <laughs> They'll wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> Our dog wakes us up at five in the morning. Oh, believe me, I have them. They're, yeah, I'm sure you do. Anything? Oh, oh, I know. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Made your acting debut on an episode. Oh, God. Of the six million, million dollar. dollar man. Can I just tell you, for me, that was it. The six million dollar man. Come on. I mean, there's nothing bigger. I was such a fan of that show. What was that? First of all, did you, what was the $6 million man doing in your episode? Was he bending steel? Was he jumping off of a building? Do you remember anything about it? Um, I didn't actually, I was, I, what was I? I was, a, I was, a, I'd just been signed as a contract player to Universal. It was the first regular money i'd ever seen in my life and it was i was one of the last contract players because they eventually ended the whole thing but you still had to you know read for the part and they still had to want you kind of thing you couldn't just right. walk in and, and take it so i read for this part and i hadn't gotten anything up until then and it was for a, ro a rollerblader remember rollerbladers this angle track you know oh, they yeah. go around and bump each other it was for that yeah yeah and the, and they said and they said can you roller skate and i said of course <laughs> right never been on a pair of roller skates in my life and yeah. and so uh, i got the part and i was amazed i said well you're our new you're our niles or whatever the hell his name was so we're filming this in this roller rink and i 
I want to walk up the, ro- the, the ramp, right, the roller ring. So I oh, take boy. one skate off and put my foot down, and then the next foot I put down has a skate on it. So it slips out from under me, and I bring my hands up. I whack myself in the eye with the skate in my hand and blacken my eye. Oh. And, and so they had to shoot me from the, whole, the left side for the rest of the show. Unbelievable. But I never met, I, I never did a scene. I don't think I did a scene with, uh, with Steve Austin. I, I think, I think I met him, but, um, Lee I, uh, Majors, Colonel, he's a man barely alive. What's that? He's a man barely alive, but yeah. we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Yep. The greatest opening sequence ever. The $6 million man opening sequence. I'm telling if you're, if you're not pumped for that, like, <laughs> let's go. My, my favorite now is $6 million. There are cars right. that people buy I know. for six million. Now that's, I keep that's going to build a leg. Yeah, I, it's also like I watched a, a, a rerun of the show Heart to Heart, another mm-hmm. big '80s hit, and they're like, "There's, there's Roger Hart or whatever." That's the voiceover says, "Yeah, he, he's a millionaire. <laughs> he better not retire then." You got to do um, titles adjusted for inflation, I think. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's where the million dollars come from, right? Yeah. From, uh, um, you know, the from million Yeah, from, from Austin Powers. Yes. Right, right. It's the best. Uh, one it was mi- a lot of money once. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of one million dollars. That's one of my favorite Austin Powers moments. It's yeah, so, yeah. by the way, the title doesn't quite roll off the $600 million man. Doesn't really. The $6 billion man would be be closer yeah but that feels like too much to me yeah yeah i could build i could build three of them see now now we've figured out why they've never done and done they've never done that as a reboot although i hear mark Wahlberg's doing it it did it really it's coming out that's what i hear well that's six million dollar man it's kind of like kleenex you, you just accept it you know it's oh okay. like, yeah yeah he had, a, he had a really expensive pacemaker put in good for him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after Robocop that costs, you know, multi millions of dollars, six million dollar man. I'm like, well, I got yeah, a deal really, on that. It's that really head. Did you ever do like Incredible Hulks or any of that? I did. Like, I did two Incredible Hulks, actually. Uh, I did a pilot, one that there was gonna be a pilot and about because I I did I was doing a lot of karate and I, and um and they uh they had this whole pilot written where I was a cop that also was a karate master, you know, and, and, yes, and they of course. Said, that was going to be a, I know you got to be a cop or a doctor or a lawyer, right? Back then. That's right. That's right. That was it. <laughs> um, and, and they were going to do a pilot, but they said they folded it into an episode of, um, you know, Incredible what you Hulk. said, the Hulk, the, the Hulk uh, and called it the disciple and, uh, was hoping it would get picked up from that. And of course it was just another episode of the Hulk, but, um, yeah, I did. I did a couple of Wonder Woman. So I did one Eddie Capra mysteries. that was oh my god! So the horrible TV where it's the same script. They just send it around. Oh yeah, the TV the was was horrible in mm. in in that era. And Unbelievable. Yet, it was just a factory, a total yeah factory, and just just crap, just absolute crap. And yet we remember it so fondly. Yeah, fondly, you know? of course. Well, we, you know, you're younger. You remember the the great yeah. young moments that you have changed their form in your mind as you've gotten older and become something absolutely beautiful. 
I mean, can you imagine the, the production meeting where Lou Ferrigno shows up for the first time and he's in the Hulk. They're like this at eight o'clock, we're all getting together, everybody. And we're going to see the Hulk look. They've been working on it for a really long time. And he walks in with spray paint on him and that wig. Yeah. And someone said, yeah, I think that's good. And the green sneakers that they would shoot every accidentally every now and then he had green sprayed sneakers. He said that <laughs> that would have been the worst gig ever. He had this have that all day long, no matter how long the show went. And he'd have to sit in a refrigerated trailer or the paint would run. No. Yeah. Like super okay. air, super air conditioned or the green paint would run. So and that can would you imagine getting it, taking it off. I'll tell you what would happen to me. Cause I've done special effects stuff for a long time. Like, how about taking that off after a, a, a 13 hour day sitting there and they take the painstaking, taking it off only to have it put on tomorrow. I'd be like, you know, fuck it. I'm, I'm just, just going to be green. I'm, I'm going to be green for, tw- for my life. I did a show where I played an old guy and they had full face makeup on and it took like three hours and I had that on for 24 hours. It was back, you know, when they just keep shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. I had it on for 24 hours and it was just, was like you know, having this on your yeah. face for 24 hours. It was horrible. Those were the days. Those are yes. the days. They continue yeah. to be the days. Amazing. This is great. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Great to, great to talk to you. What a nice guy. So sweet. And um, his tour, um, I Want My 80s, coming to a city near you uh, sometime in August. All right. You know what time it is. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Rob, Ryan Becknell here from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a lifelong surfer. Life is one surf trip to the next. We don't have a ton of surf over here. But what I want to know is I can tell that you're a lifelong surfer. Your enthusiasm when you insert those nuggets in the podcast get me really stoked. Can you please tell the audience your surf origin story? Hey, Ryan. Shaka, brah. Love you. Listen, check me out on TikTok, by the way. I just posted. my latest surf video from Kelly Slater's um, surf ranch. It's pretty sick. I have to admit Um, it might be my favorite footage ever of me in my career. So I'm from Ohio, no ocean there. I moved to Malibu when I'm to Malibu of all places, one of the meccas of surfing. I moved there at 12. I go down to the beach. I try to surf. They beat the living shit out of me and I'm not going to be surfing anytime soon. Like Malibu is gnarly then. They were not having it. It's not like today where every sort of MILF is out there pushing their four-year-old on a foam board. That was not going to fly in those days. And some, the notion of some 13-year-old trucking out from Ohio learning was not ever going to happen. I, but I did learn to body surf and boogie board. You could do that in the shore break. So I learned the mechanics of the wave and I loved it. And I, I learned how to paddle into wave, be in a wave, how to fall, how to get to all that stuff, but never surfing because I was not allowed. Flash forward 
many, many years and I'm in Hawaii with my family. I'm 40 years old and I take my first surf lesson and I learned to surf. I loved it and became obsessed with it. And 40 at 41 paddled back into that Malibu break where they used to beat me up at Little Doom. And I've been surfing there ever since. It's, as you know, it's an obsession. I, I love sports and I, and, I, and I dabble in almost everything and I'm probably intermediate. I'm not an expert at anything. I'm, I'm close at surfing and close at skiing, but I do a lot of stuff. And golfing and surfing are the only two that have that addictive last thing you sleep about, think of before you go to sleep at night quality. I mean, I never think about the backhand I hit in tennis as I'm going to sleep, but I will think about a wave that I caught surfing. Yeah, so seeing the, seeing the breaks, see you out there. Until next week, this is me signing off and I will see you back at Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar. Research by Alyssa Grawl, editing by Jerron Ferguson. Engineering and mixing by Rich Garcia. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross, and myself for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 